Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Inman, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. And so we're excited about this new life that will be coming forth. But we're also excited that today, as Pastor Corey said, is Confirmation Sunday. So we're going to be recognizing our confirmands a little bit later in this service. And then at the 11 o'clock tradition service, we'll have a chance to officially recognize them, have them become officially a part of the church. So it's an exciting time. But then it's also kickoff Sunday, like we said. It's this Sunday that we begin to look at the, the ministries that are going on in the life of the church, the ways that we might be able to find our place and connect. And so there's so many, so many things going on today. So thank you for taking the time to be a part of this, whether you're joining us online or those that have come to worship in person. With that, let's go to God in prayer. God Almighty, we thank you for you are the God that calls us. You've given us the ability to hear. And you've given us the courage to respond. Lord, walking through those doors today took courage. So we come together and we become the body of Christ. By the power of your Holy Spirit, you make us one. And so now... Gathered as one, may we receive your word. Transform the words that proceed from my mouth, and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today, as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. Some of you may know that I am the son of a United Methodist pastor. Dad is now retired, but growing up as a preacher's kid, we moved every few years. In fact, just when I was a very young boy in kindergarten and first grade, we lived not very far from here, less than 20 minutes away. As dad was serving, and we lived right next door to Concord United Methodist Church. Out in the country, as we were out there, my sister and I found many different ways to entertain ourselves. A lot of times we would try to act out stories and movies and TV shows that we had watched. And it just so happened that we had neighbors. And when I say neighbors, when you live in the country, neighbors may still be about a half a mile away, okay? But we had some neighbors that lived about a half a mile away or so. And my mom kept the two daughters of our neighbors after school. And so it was my sister, myself, and then Tammy and Tina. Well, I was outnumbered, as you can imagine. And so when we begin to try to figure out what stories are we going to want to live out, what are we going to act out, what are we going to play, the common story that came up in our situation was Charlie's Angels. Some of you familiar with that? Some of you are familiar with with Charlie's Angels. We had the the three ladies, and then I was always Bosley. Which is not the most uh, exciting character to get to be, but I was Bosley, and we'd live out these stories. And, and, and not only was I Bosley, sometimes I got to play a second part, the bad guy. And the bad guy in Charlie's Angels, I would maybe capture one of the angels, but you know what would happen then. I would end up defeated 
and my hands tied behind my back. And so we would come up with this entire script, this whole storyline, and we would try to act it out. And in fact, when Tammy and Tina's parents got off work and it came time for them to come and pick them up, we would put on a show. In fact, we would charge admission. We told them that we would tell our parents that it was like five cents, a nickel, a dime, whatever it was. And and there was a a porch on the side of the church that was right next door to where we lived. And so we'd run over there and we'd go to the porch and we'd tell them to come and we'd act out everything on top of that porch. And we would live out our story. And sometimes I just didn't like the storyline that they gave me. Sometimes I wanted to do something a little more rebellious. And so maybe I might not follow the plan, but when you're outnumbered, they would have a way of overtaking. And in my childhood, maybe you did this kind of thing too. I remember trying to, to act out Indiana Jones. And of course, in Indiana Jones, I was Indiana. Or I would try to act out Star Wars, me and my friends. And of course, there I would have to be Luke or Han. We had to act out, and we'd know these stories. We would hear these stories, we'd see these stories, and we'd know these stories. And then we'd find where we were in that story. We'd try to act it out and live it out as we could only imagine. I found that as I grew older and older, I found myself living into that in a lot of different things, but especially sometimes when I turned to the Scripture. I'd read these stories, and I'd begin to wonder What I would do in that story. Would I eat the apple from the tree? Would I turn and go and see this burning bush? Would I drop my fishing nets and go and follow him? Today, I want to invite you to join me as we try to find our place in the story that Pastor Corey read just a few moments ago. I want to see if we can find where we might be in that story. In this passage of Scripture, we have Jesus is coming back to his hometown there on the Sea of Galilee. As Jesus has come back, he gets off the boat and he he encounters this group of people who are carrying a friend of theirs who was paralyzed. He's laying on his bed or on his mat. Now, the way that Mark and Luke tell this story the exact same story, they tell the story that Jesus is inside the home of someone, and as he's teaching, and the crowds are all around the house and inside the house, people are drawn to him. They're drawn to what he's saying. They're drawn to what he's been doing. And so these friends have no way to navigate to bring their friend into the midst of Jesus. And so if you remember the way that Mark and Luke tell this story, they go up on the roof, and they tear open a hole in the roof, and they lower their friend, which I think it's perfect timing that just this week we're getting a new roof on this building. So when you drive by, I dare you to tell somebody, yep, somebody just tore a hole in the roof to drop down a paralyzed person to bring them to Jesus. That's what we're about here, to bring them to Jesus. So you don't have to do that. But in the Matthew account, it just says that they come. They come and they bring their friend to Jesus. Where would we be in this story? In this story, as, as it, Matthew doesn't really account for the crowds that are around, but, but we know that wherever Jesus went, except for when it speaks to times that he went off by himself, wherever Jesus went, there were crowds around him. They were drawn. Some would say that the world is full of people that are curious. 
I would say in the scripture that we could see that there are people that are curious. They've heard some of the things about Jesus. They've heard some of the things that he has done. Maybe they've even had an opportunity to see one or two of the things that he's done. So the world is curious. They want to know what's going on. You know, a lot of times we may find ourselves curious. I find myself, if I hear someone that is out street preaching, sometimes I'll stop and I'll want to listen to try to see how wrong they may be. I'm curious of what they're saying. And so I may stop and want to listen, but it may not really affect the way that I live my life. I think throughout the scriptures we see that there's a lot of curious people that, that are drawn initially, but not, they're not really sure what that means for them. And, and frankly, folks, that, that could even be the case for us. It, we could be curious of what God is doing in the world today. Maybe our lives have just fought, gone in a way that we never anticipated. And so we're just even curious, is this thing that we've heard about real for us. Maybe that what is what brings us together today because we're curious. I think though that in the midst of those numbers there's also those that might be slightly more more than just curious. Maybe they've begun to believe. Maybe they've found themselves convinced. They are convinced that that what he's saying is real. What he's saying is true. What he's saying and doing is authentic, and maybe they are fully convinced. And, and I think in some ways, maybe perhaps that's the group of friends that are bringing the paralytic to Jesus. Maybe they're convinced that there might be a shot that their friend can get help from this Jesus because of some of the other amazing things they've heard or maybe that they had even seen. Maybe they had first been curious, but now they're convinced that this might be the hope. And so they carry their friend there. I find it interesting that they carry their friend. <laughs> In a sense, they carry themselves, but they carry their friend. It, it makes me think of a story that I heard about this person that was a, a high wire performance artist who was riding a bike across this high wire way up above the crowds and people are watching and they're amazed. And he comes back and he stands on his platform and he says, how many believe that I could have someone else ride on this bicycle with me across this high wire. And everybody, the crowd starts going wild. He says, great, who's willing to ride with me? And that's when the crowd goes silent. They're convinced he can do it. They're just not sure they want to be the one that do, do it. They're convinced. And, and sometimes that's the way we are in our faith. With God, we may be convinced, we may say all the right things, we may even try to do all the right things, but when it comes to greatly impacting our lives, affecting the way that we live, that part gets a little more difficult. And that leads us to the next group. The ones that I think might be the friend laying on the, on the bed. He's got nowhere else to turn. I think that that one... As he's lowered or brought before Jesus. And Jesus tells him, did you hear in the scripture? Friends, friend, your sins are forgiven. I think in his heart that he had probably wondered that what had led him to the circumstance. There are different scholars that say that maybe even that he had lived life in a certain way that had led to his condition. 
friend, your sins are forgiven. Well, that sends the religious authorities into a tizzy. And they begin to say, this blasphemer, who is he to forgive sins? And that's where Jesus says, would it be easier for me to tell this man to get up and walk? And so Jesus tells him, get up, pick up his mat, and walk. I can imagine if I'm that person, and my friends have brought me through the crowd, whether it's being lowered from a roof or being brought before him. I've been hopeless, I've been desperate. And this man tells me not only are my sins forgiven, but he tells me to get up and to walk. That person no longer is curious. That person is no longer convinced. That person's committed. From that point on, their life will never be the same. If we try to find ourselves in the story, where are we? Are we curious? Are we convinced? Are we committed? I think God has transformed my life so much that there was that point that I was curious. Oh, there was that point that I was curious to to hear the stories, to learn those stories. There was that point in my life that I became convinced. But I wasn't ready to change my life in such a way that I was a new creation, that I was a new creature. But it was only at that point when I finally reached that point of no return that I reached that point that I knew that life could not continue in that way, that I had to be born again, that I became committed. I gave everything to God. Folks, for us, as we are kicking off this new year, there's a, it's an opportunity for us to, to find our place in what the story is that God is writing here at Orange. To be able to find our place. Maybe we are still curious. You know what? There are so many different studies and small groups that are kicking off their beginning that we can join and be a part of and begin to learn more and more about what God says about who he is and who you are and what that relationship is between you and he. If you're curious, don't just sit back and wait. It's an opportunity for you to jump in and begin to find what that means for you. Maybe you're convinced. You know what? There are so many opportunities for us to carry those who are in need. Just this coming week, we've got a blood drive where we're going to have people coming into this building offering the gift of life. We're going to have the opportunity to go out on Thursday to be a part of another emergency food relief distribution. Volunteers stepping up, being able to reach out. You can find your place in that story. Maybe your life, maybe you're at this point, like we'll get to see our confirmands in a little bit. That's commitment. What this confirmation class has been through, that's commitment. This is the longest confirmation class in the history of mankind, I think. From the time that they began, that's commitment. Today we can celebrate that new life, but we can be reminded of that new life within us and renew that same commitment for us. And so today, as we kick off another year of ministry together, let's find our place. 
If you're not sure where your place is, there's many opportunities. And when we have this fellowship hour in just a little bit, you're going to have a chance to be able to talk to other people, get to know one another. You're going to see in just a few moments a video that highlights just some of the ministries. Not even does it touch on everything that we do here in the life of Orange. But maybe today you can begin to say that you're wanting to step forward. You're ready, instead of just being on the sidelines, to jump in and to truly find your place in God's story. We all have a place. Let's live in to this story that God has called us to. Let us pray. God of grace and God of mercy, we give thanks for the many ways that you do call us into your story. Lord, we, we hear it and we receive it in different ways. And maybe because the circumstances of life around us, maybe this is the day that we hear it directly for us. God, I thank you for the way that you help us to envision and to see ourselves in connection with you, in connection with others. And today I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit you might move us. Move us not just to be curious, not just to be convinced, but to commit, to be fully committed to what it means to live into that relationship with you. For wherever we are, Lord, I pray that you're just calling us deeper, that we might still be uh, inquisitive, seeking to learn more, to know more, Seeking to be hopeful of that which we have learned. And seeking to just live a life of love, justice, peace, and relationship with you, and relationship with the world. Lord, we pray all of this in the name of Jesus, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.